0: Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. Today we're talking about why you don't want to step over dollars to chase pennies we're going to show you why most money-saving tactics are actually a waste of time and what to do instead. And then we're going to help you keep an abundance mindset while you're in the process of saving money and show you where to focus your time to have that greatest impact on your cash flow. We're your hosts, Rachel Marshall and Bruce Weiner. Good morning. Welcome, Bruce.
0: Good morning, Rachel. Um, I really like that we're doing a uh, podcast on this because you know, as you, as you transverse through social media, um, everybody tries to get you to open up their particular article to, I guess, to increase their search engine optimization. And sure, it's in the, inundated with stuff like, you know, nine ways to save more money in 2009 or 2019, excuse me. And I'm always opening them up because I want to see how more ridiculous the next one can be from the previous one <laughs> and i mean i've seen ones that say things like uh cut your own hair you know $20 a month. Uh, uh, clip coupons are um it, i've actually seen one that says increase your uh withholdings from your paycheck you know which will give you a bigger refund at the other i mean it's like, um, and these are from reputable places, which I would call reputable places: The Business Insider, or Forbes Magazine, or um, AARP. I mean, it's like the absurdity of some of these things, and we're we're going to talk about some of them. But I'm going to leave some of them for the podcast. But I'm really <laughs> glad we're we're looking over this today.
1: Oh, me too. And I laugh because um, I have to admit that I have come from a lot of that same mindset and background before I got into business. And when you mentioned cutting your own hair, I actually did cut Lucas's hair. I never cut my own because I was too scared to, but I cut Lucas's hair for a while. And it was for that reason. And it was a ridiculous idea, but (laughs) but thank you for sharing that. And so we're going to show you instead how to really have an abundance mindset and not a scarcity mindset, because we've talked about before that you could just not buy groceries anymore. You could grow your own food. You could have a goat instead of a lawnmower. You could not ha- have a car, you could ride a bicycle. Yes, you could absolutely do all those things, but to what end? And to what purpose? And so we're going to really talk about the um just the proper perspective to keep when you are moving from where you are in your financial life where you realize that maybe you are spending everything that you make or you're not moving ahead as quickly as you want to, to really truly have abundance in that perspective of your cash flow awareness and actually move towards time and money freedom. So, we know that in your personal and in your business life, you want to be able to put more towards the future. So, there's two extremes. There's one extreme that says, Well, I'm just gonna go ahead and overspend today and I'm gonna catch up tomorrow. I'm just gonna make more money and I'm going to break myself out of this hole that I've dug tomorrow. And that can be really challenging because you're outrunning a problem and you're trying to fix something, you're trying to fix yesterday's mistakes. And that could be the person who says, you know, I'm just going to live how I want to, I'm going to enjoy life today, I'm going to spend all the money that I want. And really, that is not the way to set up the foundation to financial success. However, on the other side, there can be this other extreme where you try to spend nothing at all or as little as possible, and you scrutinize every decision, you're always opting for whatever's the cheapest option. And that locks you into this scarcity mindset. And that actually makes it impossible For you to produce at your highest level. So, yes, you want to have the responsibility to steward your resources that you currently have and delay gratification. That's a really important piece of helping you to build wealth before you enjoy it. But how do you do that without shooting yourself in the foot with that scarcity mindset? And instead, keep an abundance mindset when reaching towards your financial goals. So, this podcast also goes hand in hand with the cash flow awareness podcast that we did on the exercise that you can do to really be able to increase your cash flow. And so, remember, the whole goal of all of this is to increase your cash flow so that you can be able to save more and put more towards building time and money freedom. So, this conversation is going to help you increase your stewardship of all of your resources, not just the money you've already made. And that extends to your time, your money, and your whole life. And really quickly, this fits inside the cash flow system. It is part of the foundation that helps you be more efficient and keep more of what you make. After that, you're protecting your money and then you're increasing and multiplying your money. So, right now, today, we're talking about part of stage one, helping you build that foundation so that you can truly have the right mindset and build time and money freedom. So, Bruce, <laughs> we've touched on this already at the beginning, but what are some of the ways in business? and in personal life that you have seen people um trying to chase pennies or trying to save a penny when um that's the wrong perspective.
0: Well, the you know the the clipping coupons seems to be a, another really um oh, yeah. excessive way that people think they're saving money but you know one of the purpose of coupons is the actual marketing of a product you probably don't need in the first place. So it's Oh,
1: it's absolutely true.
0: You know it's it's like um there's another marketing thing that comes up. It's, it's really starting to come up really prevalent, I've noticed, is, is stores um, um, advertising up to 80% off. And that's simply to get you in the store. And yes, there's like this small little rack off to the side that has some insignificant things that are 80% off. And then the next you look is 40% and 30% and 25% and 10%. But, you know, people tend to, the the, the mentality is, is that they're getting a deal, so they go in and they buy something and they're like, oh, if I don't buy this, I'm actually losing money because I lost 25% off of a $10 purchase and I lost $2.50. And what they don't realize is they actually spent $7.50 out of their cash flow that they didn't need to spend in the first place.
1: Or that they never needed to spend or planned to spend and it wasn't actually useful to them. Right. So, yes, I absolutely agree.
0: Yes. Yeah, so those kind of things in business which i know we concentrate on a lot is um a lot of business owners will attempt to do things on their own uh, and i'm t- and rachel the the number one thing is accounting uh, and mm-hmm. payroll oh, yeah. and it and they think that oh i don't need to pay somebody this to uh keep track of my accounting and payroll and the number one unnecessary expense that comes up because of that is uh, paying uh penalties and interest to the i r s because you haven't filed your payroll taxes properly or your estimated taxes mm-hmm. properly, so in an attempt to to save three hundred dollars a month or two hundred dollars a month or whatever a payroll service might be depending on how big of your company is, you oftentimes end up paying several thousand dollars in uh, in additional taxes and interest and penalties so those are uh business owners that do that or Are they or they will do their own advertising uh of their business, their own marketing of their business. And it's it's and the reason I'm saying this is because I actually did this when I owned one of my businesses, my auto repair business. You know, I decided, "Oh, I'm going to figure out a strategy to market my business." And and my strategy was such a shotgun approach where I tried to do coupons at the at the grocery store. I tried to uh, uh get different um Uh, posters uh, printed and put it in different places. I tried to, you know, get banners hung on the outside. I tried to walk up and down, you know, the streets and, and visit with people. And there was absolutely no strategy involved in it. And so those were always, I thought as a business owner, I was saving money. And I, and one, you have to figure out how you can measure that. And I had no way of measuring it except for coupons actually coming in. And the fact of the matter is I spent thousands of dollars on this program and never received one coupon. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you think I would learn my lesson. But then I thought, oh, it's just because I was doing it at the grocery store. So now I'm going to do direct mailing coupons. And then i send those off. And, you know, I sent about a 1,000 of them off. And I got two of those back. And so, you know, you're thinking that, you know, I have to – spend money on marketing, but what you really need to do is spend money on strategies. And that has been a theme for us over and over and over.
1: I think what's interesting is hearing you talk about those same strategies are some of the same things that we did when we were first in business, trying to figure out how to help people understand what we do. And the real truth is that it might sound archaic now, you know, sending out mailers or coupons because people really don't do as much of that now. There's a lot more online marketing but you can still do the same thing in your online marketing and not hire a strategist and just say, oh, I'm just going to run Facebook ads and spend way too much money trying to do something. And you're trying to save money by not hiring a professional. And so you you take it on yourself, which is then less effective. And you're spending time on the things that you're not as good at. So there's a lot more going on with that, even if it's a different method. Mm-hmm. I think that still people do trying to do their own um you know, their own business consulting and not hiring strategists in multiple areas of their business as well. So um, here's, no- I have yeah, a- here's
0: another one I, I, I laugh about, and I actually uh, talk with this with my clients when I'm trying to make a point, is without fail, I will say to a person, and I've seen this as a, as a way to save money from the supposed experts, and that is shop for the best gasoline prices you can get. And there's apps that actually let you do this now. And I, and I joke with my clients, I'm like, how many of you have been driving down the street and you know you need gasoline and you, you actually see on one side, the right hand side of the street, you see gas that is three cents more, more expensive than on the left hand side of the street. So you go to the stoplight, you wait at the stoplight, you pull in the gas station, you put $10 of gas in your car and you've saved 30 cents minus the additional Mile of gas that you spent driving across the street, which is minuscule, but it is exactly it is measurable, and yet, so you've you've saved this this great idea from this financial guru is to shop where you buy gasoline, and you've saved thirty cents. Um, that is a a kind of mentality that is about searching, 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 and spending your time and energy on searching for a thirty cents. Um, savings when you could have been using that time and energy to actually produce more in your financial future.
1: Absolutely. And I was going to save this story a little bit towards the end, but I'm just going to use it now to illustrate this point even more clearly. But it was funny, I had just started business. I was. This was about seven years ago. I had a little daughter at the time, she was a baby. And I was trying to figure out how I was going to, in health insurance, figure out which was the best products to sell. And so I was analyzing all these different products and putting them on a spreadsheet, figuring out for which ages are the best products for which health statuses. This is back when underwriting was still a thing in health insurance. If people have this certain type of health condition, which is the best um, product for them. And that took a lot of time and energy. So that was the first step in business. And then I was going to be buying leads and being able to Talk to people who are interested in health insurance. Well, at the same time, I thought I was going to figure out how to save money. I thought this is the most way, the most productive way for me to be able to help us move forward financially is also to stop spending as much on, at the grocery, at the grocery store. And so I was the extreme coupon clipper. I actually went to a seminar. It was a whole afternoon and they taught you how to save money. And And they said, here's where you get the coupons from. And they showed us how to make the books. And I literally went out and bought this binder. It was probably two inches thick. I had the baseball card holders inside. I clipped coupons for hours and hours and hours a week. And then I would organize them according to the date and what product there was. And what was really crazy is so Lucas would come home at the end of the day and say, hey, how did business go? And I said, well, I actually spent all my time coupon clipping. And that. that. That was just a complete um, incongruence because here I was spending all of this time trying to save a few pennies when I could have been building my business and progressing and proceeding that forward. And so my focus was on the wrong thing. And then... As you know, we ended up you know we ended up buying things that we didn 't actually even need. I brought a brand of pickles I never would have bought before, and probably ten jars of it because I saved mm-hmm. money and Then we had you know thirty tubes of toothpaste that we never ended up using and had to donate later because it was just uh, clogging up the closet. But what was interesting is just realizing where is your time and attention and so this is really what we want to say about this a lot of these money saving tactics, even if you get to the point where you say look, I spent way less than someone else. And you have this almost righteous pride about somehow it's better to shrink and spend less. And somehow that's like a mark of uh, morality in some way. It's a skewed value system, as we'll talk about in a second. But whatever you focus on is what you're gonna get. And if you're trying to focus on shrinking, you're gonna get shrinking. If you focus on expanding and growing and being as productive as possible, that's what you're gonna get more of. And what I realize now looking back, and of course, this is something that we've stopped a long time ago with the coupons. But what was interesting is I realized that all of my time and energy was focused on shrinking. Whereas instead, if I had focused on what I could create and be mo- as most creative and productive as possible, my business would have moved forward faster. I would have had more time and energy to think about how to serve people better, how to maximize my skill set how to read the right business book so I could be in the right frame of mind so I could develop the best business. But instead, I was spending too much time and energy cutting down. Um, and what's really interesting is you get more of what you focus on. And if you think about it, yes, you can increase cash flow by decreasing your spending. But what is the end result of that? I mean, what is the maximum you could possibly do? You could cut all your spending, right? And that's, <laughs> you know, the the crazy extreme that we're talking about here, you could get the goat and grow the garden ride the bicycle or walk everywhere. And when you look at that, who has ever built wealth by doing that? Who has ever become tremendously financially successful in the way of having time and money freedom, not just having a big pile of cash, but having true time and money freedom with an abundance and a perspective to truly enjoy it. I've never seen anyone build their way to wealth that way. I had a I had the
0: pleasure of watching an old Charlie Rose interview of of uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. And Bill Gates credited Warren Buffett with changing his mindset about, about busyness and trying to figure out how to save money. And Warren Buffett said, you can try to save and save and you can try to make things more efficient, which is important. He said, but the most important thing, the one thing that you cannot buy or you cannot save his time. He said, he He figured a long time ago that he would, he would actually set, and this is a Dan Sullivan thing that we've talked about before, but he would set uh, days and complete days uh, just to think about his mindset and, and how he can become more productive. And Bill Gates said, I always thought, you know, I had to have a full calendar and I had to try to figure out how to make this more efficient and how to make this better and how to save on this and blah, blah, blah. And and Warren taught me to, to actually schedule time to how I can figure out how to be more productive and actually produce more. And that's when he said he really, it really took off for him. So that's what we're actually talking about. That's, that's, awesome. actually, that's what we're actually talking about is having that mindset of not the scarcity of saving every little thing and trying to figure out how you can save this. Now, is you don't totally throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. You 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 do have mm-hmm. to do some of that, but you have to do it on things that really will make a difference. Not to driving across the street for th- for a thirty cent um, savings or cutting your own hair at home. You're you're looking at a bigger thing. Now, I think the I think the thing when people talk about um, saving money that we are in and delaying gratification if you, it comes down to simply paying yourself first, because if you pay yourself first, then you don't, and then you live within that uh, amount of money. You don't have to then have the stress to figure out, well, what do I have to save even more so that I can actually spend on something else? So you're actually taking care of the savings component so you don't have to figure out, well, I'm going to save on this. Well, why are you saving on this? Why well, I need to save more money? No, you've already got the saving component taken care of.
1: Mm-hmm. And along with that, if you then focus on as your income expands, as you become more productive and more expansive and figure out how to serve more people and serve them better and the income comes in because dollars follow value, that's a principle of wealth creation. And as that happens in your life, your income will increase and if you have that rule in your life to save first, maybe you're saving 10% of your money at your current income level. And maybe you can't find a way to figure out how to save more right now. But as your income increases, if you do not proportionally increase your, your expenses the same and increase your lifestyle, you're going to inadvertently have more percentage of your money going towards savings. I mean, think about this. If you're making a million dollars, there's no reason why you should be spending 900000 of it and and only saving 100000 You could swap that Tremendously, and still have a really valuable quality of life, and still go on amazing vacations. So, as your income is increasing, you will have the capacity to save more. Yeah,
0: it's uh, it's something that I don't know what it is about human nature, but we are. Well, actually, I had a client say it say it to me yesterday. We were talking about whether he what would be the best annuity for him because he wanted to have some guarantees in his life for the rest of his life he's 71 years old and he was he was worried about it and i said you know why are people turning why i know i said why are you turning now towards an annuity and you've always been an investment guy with stocks bonds and mutual funds he goes it's simple people are greedy he said whenever you see something you want more of it and so if I could hit that home run one out of 10 times out of this out of my stock market uh, pick, I don't even care if I lose 10 times because I just focus on that rush of that one time. And so I think it comes down to when a person gets a raise, they almost feel like I deserve to go spend something on myself because I have deserved this. And I'm not saying you shouldn't because that's a scarcity mindset if you don't. But, but, you shouldn't spend all of the increase, because once again, if you have the savings, right. we've done this on a previous podcast. If you have the savings, it frees you up for better ideas to become more productive and and have more uh, wealth uh, growth in the future. So this is very analogous to what we're talking about. Another savings component is uh, and i we've mentioned this before is I've actually seen this withhold more. From your federal taxes on your paycheck so that you have a bigger refund at the end of the year. Well, this is, this is one that really, you know, is a burr under my saddle because, um, all you're doing is getting a tax free, uh, given a tax free loan to the government, uh, over the entire year. And the clients that I see that do this, this is the classic stepping over dollars to, uh, to pick up pennies because they then put money on credit cards because they don't have enough money saved. And then they say, well, I'm just going to pay my credit card off with my tax return. And
1: Right. So basically they're having too much deducted up front along the way. So they feel like they're living on less and the IRS isn't then in control of that money during the year. And then they're saying, well, I'm just going to reimburse myself for all these extra expenses when I get my tax return. Yeah. Yeah, And then
0: I've talked to a couple of financial tax return people this week, and they say they've already had to they've already done some tax returns and people are getting less back from their returns than they did last year. And so now people are saying, see, I knew that tax cut wasn't going to be for me. And because, look, I didn't get as much tax return. The problem is, is people don't understand how tax uh, taxes work. They don't understand how tax prepar- preparing work and they don't understand how tax refunds work. And these tax preparers are are having to say, no, what they did was they changed the withholding tables so that you got more money back in your paycheck over the course of the year. So you got less of a refund, but look at your tax line, the actual line that says how much tax you paid you actually paid less than you did last year. But this this mentality that people have is, I'm getting less of a tax break because I'm getting less of a refund, shows the ignorance, and that is the right word for this, it's the ignorance of how taxes are actually collected. And so if you have this mentality that, oh, I'm just gonna get a bigger tax uh, refund, and then that'll be a way of saving money, then you really have to look at your overall mindset of of how you're uh, doing it. I've had clients say to me, well, I know I'll just spend it if I don't, if I don't get a, a refund. So I just want to withhold as much as possible so I have a refund at the end of the year because if I get an extra you know, $100 a month, I'm just going to spend it anyway. Well, I can't help you with that mindset. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to help yourself with that mindset. <laughs>
1: Right. But who better to be in control than yourself? And you can train yourself to have a better mindset and figure out how to manage that more effectively. So this actually comes down to responsibility for your stewardship. And what I want to, I want to actually come back to what you mentioned with Bill Gates and about the idea that you cannot save time. So when we think about our financial life, I think a lot of times we think about it wrong. We think I'm the manager of the income that has already been produced. But you are not just the manager of what's already been produced. You are the producer who produces the wealth in the first place and brings in the income. So your responsibility is not just to steward the money that is in your bank account. Your responsibility is to steward your time so that you can produce the most with your whole life. And so again, time is your most valuable commodity. It's interesting. I heard a uh, a thing the other day that said you make 35,000 decisions a day. And I thought, you know, that sounds a little overbearing, like a little, you know, overkill. And then I thought about, no, really, I make a decision, what word is going to come out of my mouth next, which lane I'm going to drive in, when I'm going to begin to break at a light, when I'm going to switch lanes. I make so many decisions. It's not just what we put on our body in the morning for clothes, what we put in our mouth for food, but it's every single miniature response that we have. And when we look at that, we have a decision then for how we're going to spend our time in pursuit of our financial goals. So make sure that you're spending your time in your unique ability. That's going to increase your production. Now, if you're spending all your time on trying to shrink and being restrictive, that's instead in scarcity and fear, and you cannot be moving forward in abundance and production and faith at the same time that you're being held back in fear. It's an incongruity, and you cannot do that. So, what's interesting, um, there is a story by Daniel Lapin, Rabbi Daniel Lapin in Thou Shalt Prosper, that I'm reading right now. And he talks about this really clearly. And he said, If I had 90 minutes this afternoon, I could spend my time in one of three ways. I could either go watch a TV show, I think he said a game on television, and I'd use up my valuable hour and a half and dissipate it completely. Or I could go mow my lawn. And he said, well, at least I'd have a health benefit and my wife would be happy that the lawn was mowed. Or I could finish writing a manual for a car dealership that my friend owns. And we'd already agreed on a contract that he would pay me $350 if I did that. And then because I'm using my hour and a half to do that productive work, then I'm going to hire somebody else to mow my lawn, pay them $60. I'm going to make a profit of 290. I've made my car dealership owner friend happy. I've transacted business and I've had a velocity of money happening there where there's an exchange of value. I've also paid the person to mow my lawn. There's an exchange of value there. Now my wife is also happy because she wanted the lawn mowed and I've most productively used my time. So he was then saying, if I think about how I can maximize those transactions of value, how can I make sure that I'm in that productive component of my life in as many places as possible. And certainly we still need to have time for relaxation and rest. And I'm not negating that. I'm not saying we should never just relax and enjoy life. And every moment has to be productive. But if we think about how we use our time, there's so many moments that we're given. We really want to be a steward of every single one of those. And if you're spending your life hunched over trying to figure out ways to save money all the time, you could instead have been coming up with ideas that could have been tremendously productive could have served thousands of people and profited you tremendously as a result. So after kind of working out of this, so we've been talking about these ways that we chase pennies and why it's not productive. So what is wealth in the first place? Why do we want to make sure that we're truly creating wealth? And this is something that I want to be really specific on. And it's that wealth is more than just having more dollars in your bank account. Even if you did save a huge amount of money and you almost spent nothing, that's not wealth because wealth is really being able to truly enjoy your life, have productive and valuable relationships, have produced and accomplished something, having the esteem of other people and, and really being able to respect yourself because of those accomplishments and being able to have power in your life to, to do more than just Having to work for money only, and so when we're looking at that, we also talked with John and Missy Butcher from Lifebook and they talked about wealth and how that's your spiritual life and your relational life and your parenting and your marriage and your social life and your financial life and your your productivity and your feeling of gratification in your work. And that all is wealth, and we want them to focus on building that. and I would argue that it's really hard to have a high quality of life if you're focused on shrinking and
0: restriction. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that's a great way to close this episode, is that when you look at the difference with people that are, that are, um, that are struggling in life, they actually are thinking about the little things and little things are, are saving relative to uh, mm-hmm. what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, You mentioned this earlier and it really resonated with me. I hope it resonates with the listeners. If, even if you made $10,000 a month, which I think a lot of listeners would think would, is a good lifestyle and you figured out a way to save $10,000 a lot, uh, uh, a month so that you, you actually save that 10000 that's all you would ever be producing. You were, you, you're not figuring out how to then produce more so that you, go from 10000 a month to 100000 a month. And that's what, and that's what a good uh, business owner mm-hmm. does. And that's what a, a good individual should do in their own personal economy. So actually focusing on production, figuring out how to become more of a producer is really the key to increasing your lifestyle. The key is not saving into, into an increased lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. So, And I really like that you brought that up here. And so if somebody is thinking, well, okay, I don't want to just spend my time trying to save money, but maybe that's all you've ever known. Maybe that's all you've ever seen modeled for you, and you're not sure how to increase your production. I want to give you just a few quick pointers that you could use. One is improve your skills and education and find a way to apply them, even if it's reading books or studying podcasts and expanding your mindset. You can expand your business with new products or services or finding a new way to bundle or package what you offer so that it's more valuable to more people. You also can think about how do you put lazy assets to work? You might have money that's just sitting somewhere, not doing anything for you. How could that instead be turned into an asset that produces cash flow that's going to then increase your income, which then automatically means that you're going to have more money to be able to save and more money to put to work as well. and again, don't raise your lifestyle consecutive with every increase in your income. So as we're wrapping this up here, we want to say, what do you want to do with this information? You want to lift your attention and your perspective to that creative plane, this this position where you are unlimited as a human being, you have unlimited ability to produce and create. And as you can be more expansive and more abundant and more productive in your life, that is what's going to create true wealth. We're not meant to live in lack. I want to leave this thought with you. We can have two different value systems. There's one value system of saying, I want to have less and be less and take up less space and less resources. It's almost like you're having to apologize for existing. And that is not a perspective that you can truly grow in. Instead, we want to switch our value system to recognizing that having and being more is really where we're able to then do the most good and be the most and maximize and fulfill our potential and maximize our resources. So your most valuable purpose is not to reduce and limit, but to expand and make the most money, serve the most people, and enjoy your life the most. Bruce, is there anything you want to share as we close?
0: No, I think I just want to challenge the podcast listeners uh, as they... as this podcast comes to an end, if it's a 30-minute podcast, why don't you take the next 30 minutes to think about how you could and and model Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and think about how you could become a better producer in your business or in your personal life?
1: Amen. We'll leave on that. So in closing, remember, success leaves clues. Model the successful few, not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. Do you have an established business and make great income but feel like you can never get ahead or just plain have financial confusion? Get the Business Owner's 3-Step Roadmap to achieve time and financial freedom without working harder or sacrificing your lifestyle. Go to themoneyadvantage.com/roadmap to get your roadmap and free training. And when you register, you'll also get access to our Ultimate Money Finder Cheat Sheet that you can use to recover lost cash flow and save on taxes.